Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is a Lip Media podcast. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Step Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And I'm Steph. Hi, Steph. Um, Steph, I hear that we have received some reviews this week. We have, and I'm really excited about them. So I know we always ask everyone to leave us a five-star review. It really helps. And you, to be honest, you don't really need to write anything to leave a five-star review. That's the algorithm that helps. But sometimes it's just really nice when people say nice things. Yeah. So I just wanted to say thank you to a few people who did write us a nice review yeah. this week. And Steph's been the keeper of our reviews. I haven't actually seen... Uh, well, she sent me a few this morning. And there's definitely a couple that made me laugh. And I think we're going to share a couple of those. So the first one is from, from Nikki Poo. It says, these girls have great chemistry and are hilarious. The airplane etiquette episode had me laughing so hard. It's nice to be able to relate to some of these stories, especially losing a passport, which I love that airplane etiquette, which I did not expect turned out to be one of our most listened to episodes. People seem to really enjoy us making fun of people. They they really relate to that one. That was, and I remember, I I mean, there's times that Steph and I, we get together and we're drawing blanks some week where we're not really sure what to put out there. And I remember airplane etiquette week was one of them where we're like, do you know what? I think I had just come off like a really long, like terrible flight from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm just ready for a a good rant. And so that one came (laughs) out and a lot of people seem to really love airplane etiquette. So guys, if you haven't listened to that one yet, have a listen. Yes, and Nikki, what I I want to know the story about you losing your passport. Like, I'm yes. very intrigued on how you left that off. So, shoot us a DM on Instagram or Twitter mm. and let us know what happened to you. Yes, and Andrea, speaking of you ranting, yeah, the next review. I don't know why I laughed so hard at this one. Says five stars, hilarious. Andrea ranting as Steph quietly cackles in the background gives me life. <laughs> I, I mean, that has to be the airplane etiquette episode. 
I don't, I don't, I got this, see, this one got me thinking because I'm a very extroverted, dominant woman. Like I am a very out there, outspoken yes. person, but I feel like Andrea, you're just even more so that you make me seem submissive. <laughs> what, in, in our like relationship? A, do I come across as submissive to you? So I'm like the Christian Grey. And- oh, apparently I'm just, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm the, I'm the dom and you're the sub in our relationship stuff. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm fine with that. If it means having you in my life. Oh, and you do a really good cackle. <laughs> I feel like I'm cackling right now and I'm trying not to. <laughs> no, I love, I love the cackle. Thank you guys so much for the reviews. And if you have two seconds and you listen and you like what you hear, honestly, the five stars goes a long way. The reviews go a long way. Um, we love reading this feedback from you guys. Um, Seb, have we, I, I think we've had though, there's been a, a couple bad reviews, no? I oh, mean, there's definitely been a couple. I mean, not everyone is everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. So we've had someone who thought we were just boring. I think they called us dull. Yes. Okay. Which is fine. Whatever. We're, very, we're beige. I'm into it. <laughs> yes. We are super beige human beings. I've been called worse things. <laughs> I've definitely been called worse. Uh, and the other one was just like, and I'm laughing. The irony of me saying it right now, four minutes into this episode, is just like, these bitches take too long to get to the point. Like, they don't <laughs> jump right in. <laughs> Sorry like, for waffling. <laughs> You just can't make everyone happy because some people, we honestly had one girl, God love her, was like, I love listening to you guys. I feel like it's having coffee with my friends, which is what we're doing right now. And then, you know, someone to the exact same token talking about the same idea is like, you talk too much. Shut up. Hello. It's a podcast. (laughs) As they say, even bad publicity is good publicity. Mm -hmm. So that's showbiz, baby. All right. Well, so Steph, we've waffled on enough. I'm sure we're going to get another bad review on that, but hey, what can you do? YOLO. Yeah. YOLO. Okay. This week's episode. So we are going to talk about your safety while traveling abroad. Now, Mm -hmm. a lot of this is going to tie into probably some of the topics that we've discussed before. It's also going to be mostly, as Steph and I are women, and we've traveled solo as women, Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be mostly based off of our own experience. So, I mean, there's going to be tips for the guys out there as well, Um, but I feel like there is a big difference traveling solo as a a male versus female, specifically depending on, like, where you're traveling to. So, just putting that caveat in there, that this is, yeah, again, based off of our own experiences. I mean, I'm sure a lot of it is going to be applicable to both sexes, but if it comes across as very female-oriented, that's why. Yeah, I think, and and I, I do think women generally have to think a little bit more about their safety mm-hmm. than men do mm-hmm. while they're traveling. Yeah, if yeah. I'm completely honest, there's just a lot of, a lot more things that run through a woman's mind. Well, and I don't want to take away from issues that affect men. Men certainly always have to be conscious of their safety and their surroundings. Mm-hmm. I think it's just fair to say women have to be hyper aware. Yeah. So what I want to do from the jump off, obviously safety there's different levels different facets that we could talk about it but I want to talk about your planning on where you're going at the highest level so what Mm. country are you going to right because you need to be very aware that so for example what you can do in Canada is very different from what you can do in Indonesia right there's there's very uh, if we look at even specific laws things that are legal and illegal in in different countries is a big one like in Canada it's a great example Steph you bringing that up 
You can mm. smoke weed in Canada. Cannabis is legal. You try to 100%. bring over, yeah, you try to bring over a little dime bag of weed into, like, like you said, Indonesia, con- any country in Asia, Dubai. The implications of that and what's going to happen to you if you're caught with that is a hell of a lot more severe than what would happen in, say, a country like Canada or more westernized countries. So, again, this sounds like common sense. One of the examples, again, is codeine. Codeine is 100% illegal to bring into Dubai. And I actually remember I was prescribed codeine when I had my knee surgery a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And before I went to Dubai last year, I actually, like the bag I was taking, I had a box of codeine in there that I just forgot was in there. And I was thinking if I had taken that with me and entered Dubai with that, I would have been into a, in a lot of trouble. Um, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. So you really do need to look up, depending on where you're going, like what is legal what's illegal and sometimes you don't think of these things sometimes you think oh where i'm from well sometimes you just don't think of it in general so for example bali indonesia is notoriously well known for being an australian tourist destination a lot of aussies a lot of kiwis and people from around the world but bali since it brings in so many tourist dollars is very forgiving of many things yeah as soon as you leave bali and go into the rest of indonesia It is very different. It is a very Muslim country. It's one of the largest countries in the world population-wise. And they're very open about their drug laws and how you will be treated. Same as Mm. the Philippines. Philippines are very straightforward. If you bring drugs here, you will be put to death. And you will see the death penalty um, in a lot of Asian countries for things like drugs. And it doesn't matter how much or how little you have on you or whether it's, you know, a bit of weed or heroin. They treat it all the same. Drugs are drugs. (laughs) Like... You just threw me there. How you were like so casually, whether it's a little bit of weed, a little bit of heroin. I was like, well, well, I mean, do I need to know something? I mean, I'll just put it out there. Like in Canada, no one does social heroin use. It is not legal, but you really made it sound like we do. No, I mean, I've never uh, been a social user of heroin. Thanks very much. Um, but do you get what I'm saying? Where the laws are just drugs are drugs, illegal drugs are illegal drugs. You can't bring it like prescript. Some prescription drugs are not allowed in. You know, it's very strict. So be very aware of where you're going and what is OK to bring in and what's not. And I know this isn't really probably speaking too much to our other listeners who are like, OK, well, I'm not traveling to party anyways. But for the people who do party, I think a big part of the problem is you go to these places because they're beautiful they're very touristy incredible places to see and you are just someone who likes to party so I know someone for example who went to Bali went out was having a great time got super super drunk Mm -hmm. uh, met a couple Balinese men who then were offering to sell him cocaine right and he bought it and I was just like are you the stupidest person on this planet and he is so lucky that it did not go awry, mm-hmm. he would have been sentenced to death or in jail in Bali for the yeah. next 20 years. And I'm yeah. like, what is wrong with you? Like, well, what is actually wrong with you? Because people, as soon as they become drunk, it's like your decision making goes out the window, which I mean, I'm well aware. But yeah. 
But I think especially you, more you can't so. can't lose that sight. Well, and especially more so when you are traveling and you're on holiday and you kind of do let your guard down a little bit more. And you shouldn't. It should almost be the other way around where you should have your guard up a bit more. But I think this leads on into our, our next point is, is exactly mm-hmm. that being out, socializing, drinking in public. I think this is another one where depending on where you're traveling, and again, this ties into being a woman specifically and traveling on your own, like what is acceptable and what's not while you're in public. Now, again, using Dubai as a really good example, while Dubai is very westernized in terms of a Middle East country, the laws still do apply. So people can get far too comfortable sometimes, I think. And, and if you've mm-hmm. ever been to Dubai, everyone knows it's quite like it's party, party, party. I do know a fair amount of even Saudis who aren't allowed to drink in Saudi Arabia and they travel to Dubai to drink and to party. Yeah, but there are still certain laws, I guess, that that do apply to women. And and I actually, and again, this goes back to just becoming too comfortable sometimes when you're traveling. And once you've had a few drinks, me, I actually know a girl that went to Dubai and she was there for sort of like a party week or whatever. And she'd met some locals and one of them, she, they kind of hooked up in the club or whatever. And she was so drunk that they went out to the beach area, like out in public. And she actually ended up sleeping with this guy on a beach out in public. And then the next day, obviously it sobered up and realized what she had done. And I mean, do you know what the implication is for? Oh, I've heard so many stories about tourists in Dubai who are imprisoned because of public displays of affection, like not even sex on the beach. It's not even, it's not even men, but it's women. And I mean, if she had been caught for that, I mean, it's one thing being caught having sex in public in a place like Dubai as a woman would have been locked up for a long time. Um, (sighs) And these are the things that you should firstly be aware of what's legal, what's not legal, where you're traveling. But then also do not let... Be respectful. Be respectful. You have to be respectful of that. And you can't think that you're going to, you know, if you do get caught for something, they'll let you off the hook just because you're from another country. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. If anything, they're more strict. And they're saying, you've come over to our country. You haven't respected our laws and our culture. Yeah, you do hear those horror stories. And like a lot, you know, they are horror stories and it doesn't happen all the time. But it well, that's the thing is you don't want to put yourself in a situation where they choose to make the example of you. And that's the unfortunate reality is when you do get caught, they make an example of you for other tourists. Well, look at so, look what happened to the American guy in uh, North Korea. Oh, I mean, that was a very that was awful. That was awful. He had stolen. Uh, he'd taken a poster off a wall in a hotel. Um, and mm. I guess granted, I mean, if you're an American, the first rule for an American visiting North Korea is don't visit North Korea. Like everyone yeah. knows that North Korea and the States don't really have any relationship so if anything were to happen to an american while they're there it's very hard for anyone to kind of step in and help them but anyways this guy got caught taking a poster off the wall and was sentenced to what was it like 25 years hard labor prison and yeah, he they, was in the labor camps and somehow they gave him back just, to the u.s but he was essentially brain dead when they gave him back yeah but anyways it's like you said steph long long story short they were setting an example for the americans And they said, look, like, this is what will happen. So you don't want to be that person. I think this raises a good question. And obviously, sex on a beach in Dubai is never a good idea. Do not do it. I mean, sex in public anyways in most countries (laughs) is still illegal. Like, it's still illegal to do it in the UK. However, are you going to be in prison for 25 years? Probably not. 
but I think it raises so it's something I've wondered that I haven't actually heard many people talk about because obviously we can go straight into the safety implications of having travel romances and travel flings Mm. but the thing that most of those safety episodes do not talk about are the fact that they happen Right. People have travel romances. They have travel flings. So how do you stop that line being crossed from putting yourself in a dangerous situation, going home with someone you don't know that well, and still living your best life? And I mean, it sounds so dumb to say it, though, because obviously when you put the two up against each other, you say, obviously you choose the safer route. Sure, that sounds great. That's not reality. No, That's it's not. And like, not like how the world works. your story, you and your partner met while traveling. So it's... We did. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, but it is a, it's a did, real thing. If I were to take what he and I did is we met first. Yeah. And then we like we didn't go home that first night. So we actually got each other's numbers. We chatted. I sussed him out. I felt it. Um, other people knew I'd met this guy. I'd given him their information. Like you must have had a couple. Anytime you've been in the online dating world too. Oh yeah. Anytime you go on a date with someone you don't know, it's like you text your friends. You're like, this is who I'm going out with. Screen cap of his profile. Here's his name. Here's his number. Like me and my friends, even when I was online dating in Canada, when we got there, we would like send a sneaky photo of their license plate. Like we were all in to like, this is who I'm with. Well, and this and is you stuff ha- that you should be doing anyways, even if like in this online dating culture that we live in now, just do it anyways while you're at home if you're looking to like meet up with some random you don't know. But when you're traveling in an unknown country that's not familiar to, to you, you don't know anyone there, you should be doing this more so. Well, I think I think what gets lost is that when you're traveling, you're so in the moment in general. So you're in the moment. So when you're out and you're at a club and you meet a guy you like and you're really into it, like it just feels right. If you're partying in Ibiza at a club with a guy and you want to go home with him, yeah, that's great. But you're going to be partying in Ibiza tomorrow. So get his number, chat with him, feel him out, get more information about who he is as a person. Yeah. And I know we joke about online creeping, but like when it comes to hooking up with someone, creep the shit out of them. I don't care. I think as well, if you are traveling with friends. So I went to Bali a couple years ago with uh, a friend of mine. And yeah, we were both like, we we're both single. He was on his grinder ups. I was on Tinder just seeing what's around, you know. And yeah, I ended up meeting up with a guy. But I made sure that my friend I was traveling with, Ian, that he got to meet him as well. So we got mm-hmm. we got this guy to meet us at a bar that we were at. And we were there with a couple of Ian's friends. This guy came. Ian got to suss him out as well. They were like, yeah, he seems cool. And then sure enough, the next night we met up and went for dinner. And I felt a lot more comfortable about it because I had had my friends meet him as well. And now would I do that back home if I'm using dating apps? No, probably not. I wouldn't get my friends to meet someone first. But that's because I'm I'm home. I'm in an, a place that I'm familiar with. I'm comfortable with. I, you know, if anything happens to me, I know the emergency number to call or I know, you know what I mean? Like you, you already kind of have a plan in your head for kind of just yeah. your normal yeah. everyday dating. But when you're abroad, again, in unfamiliar territory. But I think to your point too, just really quickly about knowing the emergency line, like even, oh, I mean, I'm going big here. I'm going celebrity, but Kim Kardashian, she, when she was held up in Paris, when she was literally broken into, tied up and thrown into the bathroom, she had to call her sister. Right. Who was with her bodyguard for help because she realized 
she didn't know the emergency number because North America, you're used to nine one one. Yeah, I'm. That I'm guilty not the, of like, that. In Australia, here it's triple zero. Yeah. What is it in the UK? In the UK, it's triple uh, nine. So exactly, it's, it's and, and so I'm when, guilty of that as well. Anytime the, the the nice thing, at least now, usually with your phone providers, when you, you have airplane mode off, you should get a text message when you get to a country saying "Welcome to this country," just to let you know here are the charges that apply. And yeah. I know with my phone company, anyways, with Vodafone, they'll say, "And by the way, here's the emergency number for this country." The first thing you should be looking up is what is it, and memorize memorize that number for the country oh, that you're going to. Absolutely. I think about the sheer terror she must have felt. And yeah. you go to call 911 and realize, oh my God, this is not calling someone. I mean, it seems like such a simple thing, but knowing what is the number you need to call if you are in an emergency. I mean, it would be great if one day there was a universal emergency number global. I wonder why the hell they don't. I bet there's a lot of people out there that think 911 is a universal, universal number. I Kim Kardashian probably did. And Well, even here, so I know the number here is triple zero. I feel like if I were in a situation where I was genuinely terrified and panicked, my natural instinct would hit 911. Even yeah. now, 2 years later. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's hard. It's tricky. You need to know the shit and it always needs to be in the forefront of your mind. So going back into the whole drinking and socializing while you travel again if you're solo specifically as a woman there's certain things I think that are our common sense but again as you said stuff you seem to kind of let your guard down a lot more while you're traveling and Absolutely. I think one of them yeah is keeping an eye on your drinks I'm gonna jump in here and tell a story because we're pitching this as a female issue hold up what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And my partner, when I met him... Shortly after I met him, we were chatting and I was heading into New Orleans and he was just leaving New Orleans and he was like, you need to be very careful. And what happened to him was he went out on Bourbon Street in New Orleans and he had his drink spiked. Oh, really? And he woke up a few blocks away on like a bench behind an abandoned house kind of thing. 
and everything had been stolen from him. His money, his cards, his passport, everything. So apparently this is common across the US and where, because he's Australian, so Australians don't really tip. It's not a tipping culture here, but he knew that. He knew he has to tip in America, but he tipped at the end of the night on the total bill. Okay. And apparently there's a lot of places, it's very different everywhere you go, where some places you're expected to tip per drink, which I think you and I are used to. We kind of do that where we're from. That's, you would that's tip the normal. Yeah, You'd like I, leave an extra dollar every time you got a drink. I used to work in a bar and that's what would happen. You would leave a tip per drink. And yeah. that's, yeah. Well, he didn't know that. And his thought was like, I'm tipping at the end of the night. And apparently... There's many places where the bartenders will actually be in on it. They'll pinpoint to the shady people um, and the bartenders will drug your drink. Mm. If you're not tipping, like it's kind of the penance you're paying for not tipping them. And then the people they know will actually be the people who drug you. As best we can figure, that's actually what happened to him. Right. I never thought about it that way. Like whenever we hear about spiking drinks, you kind of always hear it's women and you hear about horrible rape incidences or sexual assaults that happen because of it. And that's kind of where my head always goes. I actually watched a guy put something in my drink um, like years ago. And this is actually not while I was traveling. So this was actually in Canada. So I think, Mm. you know, let's put that out there. It's not always the countries that you think where it's going to happen, where you you hear about all the horror stories in random places that are so far away from home. Like mine was at home in Canada, which is considered one of the safest countries in the world. It can happen fucking anywhere. And I remember, yeah, it was a night out. And I had met this guy and he seemed normal enough and nice enough. And I'd been hanging out with him and he offered to buy me a drink. And I said, yes. Mm. And I was still sitting over at the table we were at. And I looked over and I could see, I like watched him physically dump something into the oh drink my God. as he had the two drinks there. And I was thinking to myself, okay, I don't know what that was. And then I thought I was like, I'll, I'll keep an eye on which drink he hands me. So he gave me that drink where I saw him put something <gasps> in it. Um, and then... We kind of did a cheers and I still had half of a drink I was already drinking, you know, so we cheers their drinks and I went to sip the, the drink I was already sipping out of. And he said, oh, no, no, drink the fresh drink. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, he definitely put something in my drink. Um, that is so scary. Then the, as he looked away, he kind of turned his head and I pretended to spill the drink. And then that's how I ended the night with him. But yeah, so it can happen. I mean, it's scary. Thank God that I saw him do it. But I remember after that incident, I have never, I mean, it's great if you're traveling and someone offers to buy you a drink. And obviously, you know, if you've met someone that you think is cool, like that's fine. But make sure you're at the bar with them. At no point should a drink that you're drinking out of leave your eyesight leave your hand like you should see it at all times that is so scary and what scares me most and this is getting outside of travel and just into being a woman is how many of us have had that experience so for example you didn't drink it you were okay your night went on but I mean it never gets reported I mean this guy has obviously done it to people before and people after it's just we're protect yourself which rightly so but it's just so commonplace I think people don't understand and I remember once a bartender telling me because a lot of bars will have like a little table to leave your drink on before you go into the restroom and he was like do not leave your drink on a table because there are so many guys that they they don't see them do it but they put a pill into the drink on that table and then when the girl walks out they just watch to see who grabs the drink and they said at the end of the night when they're cleaning up that table and they're cleaning all the glasses off of it they find so many dissolved pills at the bottom of glasses oh wow 
like every night they do it. And I was like, oh, that's terrifying. <clears throat> Again, this isn't even specific travel advice mm-hmm. at this Life point. Advice. But I think it does, again, tie into traveling a lot, especially traveling solo as a female, because... Again, mm-hmm. we've said this a million times, but you let your guard down a bit more. You seem to be more trustworthy of people. And, yeah. you know, it's not, it's, it's like we always say, guys, you have to trust your gut, right? So if you do meet someone Gosh, while yes. you're traveling, go with how you feel about it. We're not saying you should be scared of every single person that you meet. Not every person in the world is a bad person, but, you know, these are just the worst case scenarios of what can happen. And it's just preparing yourself for when you are in a foreign place. Um, with people that you're not familiar with, uh, the surroundings, you have to be that extra vigilant. And to be, and to jump onto that, to trusting your gut, because obviously I give this advice with everything. You always trust your instinct. But when it comes to meeting a guy while you're out and trusting your instinct, also trust your friends. Yeah, definitely. So you're, because obviously your inhibitions are down, you're into this guy, you want to trust him. Any of your friends ever say, there's something about him I don't like. I'm getting a weird feeling. You trust your friends. Drop every single thing you're thinking about him and trust your friends' instincts. Because wish, they're the ones who are looking out for you. Steph, I wish I had um, taken this advice from you when we were in our early 20s. I was I was dating an absolute <sighs> ball bag of a guy. I will, uh, And I remember Steph and like all of our other girlfriends were like, we fucking hate this guy. <laughs> Like, he's yeah. the worst. Why are you dating him? I'm like, I'm in love. And then you look back yeah. and I'm like, yeah, should have gone with what my friends saw. Always go with what your friends think. It's true. Yeah, they know you better than you know yourself. He was a slimer for he's, sure. Yeah. So I'm jumping a little. So I'm getting away from drinking here. But sometimes this can be related because when you're on a big night out, you want to get home from the night or you need to get out for the night. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big proponent when I'm traveling of taking Uber. Same. And I agree. If it's available, if Uber, there's, there's other apps now as well. Bolt is a big yeah. one in the UK, Lyft, Lyft in the US. I am This with didn't you on used that. to be controversial, but mm-hmm. it is lately. But I'm a big proponent of it because for friggin' ever, we would jump into cars just of men we didn't know because it said taxi. Men or women. I'm generalizing. Right. I know. Uh, because it said taxi. So we were already doing this with mm-hmm. just less information. And as an example, Andrea and I, one night when we were out in Toronto, we went out to a diner after a club and we took a cab back to your place. So the cab was $15. He rang it in as 25 because he assumed we were too drunk to notice. Yeah. And I noticed. I watch every dollar. <laughs> I yeah. noticed. Oh, and we, I were, like, we were I'm so not, broke back then as well. I was like, I am not signing this piece of paper for $25. He then, for some reason, proceeded to slam on the gas and started driving us away from the city. I know we weren't, we didn't get very far because we realized quickly what he was doing. But yeah. this cab driver was just like driving towards nowhere to drop us off, presumably drop us off just really far from where we needed to be going. Yeah. And you and I actually called 911 from the cab. The 911 driver was telling this cab driver to let us out of the car and he wouldn't. Mm. And we had to do like when we got up to a red light. Yeah, we had to like I mean, jump out. <sighs> we had to jump out of the car. I remember while Steph was on the phone and the dispatcher, which you had them on speaker and they were saying like, what's the license plate? We didn't know. We're just in a random taxi. I don't remember the guy had like his 
you know, they hang on the back of the seat, like their license plate and all that, like all of his details. We couldn't see any of that. And to think now, yeah. 10 years later, apps like Uber and Bolt and, and everything is tracked on there. And I don't understand, you know, there's, especially in the UK, there's been a lot of back and forth. They've lost their license a couple times. Uber has anyways, um, because of safety concerns. And as someone that is using Uber on a regular basis, I feel much safer in a car where it has basically a tracking device on me. So if anything does happen to me, you can see exactly the last place I got into the car or presumably out. You can see the driver, his full name, his license plate, the type of car he drives, any reviews on him. And I'm I'm still, I'm perplexed as to how people think that's more unsafe than getting into like a, a, a London black taxi. Now I'm not saying London black taxis are unsafe, but it's, I don't know who this driver is. Yes, they might work for the city, but I don't know who this driver is. He could he could literally be anyone taking me off to God knows where, and nobody knows I'm in that taxi. Yeah, well, and true. And every time I take an Uber, I immediately hit share with Andrew. It's like an option on my phone. I share. So he gets an alert if he's at work, whatever he's doing, saying Stephanie has shared. So he can watch me real time yeah. on the drive. Where someone knows where you are and what... If anything does happen, yeah. And the thing is, is I think, and I get this, it sounds so scary because Uber has recently disclosed all the instances of rape and sexual assault reports and everything coming from Uber drivers, which Mm -hmm. sound terrifying, and it is. So they have had a recorded 235 rapes in the U.S., about 3,000 reports of sexual assault by Uber drivers in the U.S., but this is the first time we have documented information that's real. Right. So if this is happening that many times with drivers who know that the person has their information, how many times has that been happening with drivers who they know you don't have that information? How many undocumented cases are there of just a random taxi driver where there is no information? And how is someone Mm -hmm. then, when something like that happens, how are they supposed to report this? So we live in a society still in 2019 where women are not believed when when they do go forward with wanting to press charges on someone for either rape or sexual assault. And, you know, you hear these stories of women going to court and people are found not guilty because they don't have enough proof. It's like, well, how do you prove that a sexual assault happened when it was it's basically your word against someone else's? And a lot of the time it's because they can't even prove they were together at the time where they say it happened or where it happened. And so like stuff you said with with apps like Uber and Lyft, you have precise timings of when these people were together. You have names, you have car mm-hmm. models, and it's probably more of a case of more women are going forward when something happens. Yep. So absolutely. If an Uber driver assaulted me, I would 100% report immediately. Because I have the tracking device of where I am. I have his name. I have his, I have all the information to report it. It's definitely scary in numbers, but I think people need to look at those numbers and realize this has been a big problem for a long time that we've never had real data on until now. Yeah. And we do now. Mm -hmm. So I think what we're trying to say, if you are traveling (laughs) and you need a a car home, honestly, if you're somewhere, yeah, if there's going to be risk anyways, but if you are somewhere where they have uh, companies like Uber and Bolt, and if you've used it at home, you trust it. I mean, always try to, even if it's some places Uber is more expensive than just, you know, a random taxi. But if it's me, I want to be on a tracking app. Yep, absolutely. And to add on to that, 
if you are taking Ubers or say you're even like pre-ordering a taxi from a company, make sure when they get there that you're getting into the right car. Oh my God. I mean, I think we might have talked about this in a previous episode, Steph, but when we were in Egypt, Steph and I had, we had ordered a car to drive us to Alexandria for the day. So we were, we were in Cairo. Our hostel worker, uh, he had, he had ordered us, pre-ordered us a taxi. Um, and he's like, yeah, it'll be downstairs in like five, 10 minutes. So we went down and like five minutes later, yeah, this car just sort of pulls up. Steph and I are like, oh, yep, that must be the car. So we just hopped into this car and this we just man, got in. Like, we, we literally just got, just got into a yeah. car. <laughs> Didn't ask like if he was, we just were like, this is the car. He said it would be here five, 10 minutes. This is it. So we got, well, in. we got into the car and we said to the driver, we're like, Alexandria. And he was like, yeah, Alexandria. Yes. Yeah. He said, yeah, Alexandria. And he started driving. And then I was sitting in the front and this guy just kept like looking at me and he was supposed to be a tour guide for the day. And so I started asking him questions like, oh, how long until we get to Alexandria? And like, what are we going to see today? And he just kept like nodding his head saying, yep, yes, yes yep. Yes. And I'm like, how the yes. fuck is this guy going to be a tour guide where he doesn't really speak English that well? And then I realized I was like, Steph, I don't think this is our driver. I think we've just jumped into a random car, which we I did. just remember that that moment where you and I, you looked in the rear view mirror and you and I locked eyes in the yeah. rear view mirror. And we were like, this is not our car. No. Like, we just got into a random car. Some random car. And it's just car. like that moment of realization where you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. So we jumped out. I mean, thankfully, we'd only gone like a couple blocks. We went back to the hostel. It was the same thing, though. He like stopped at a red light. We're like, okay, we're going to jump out now. Goodbye. Yeah. (laughs) See you later. Um, I mean, I didn't feel I didn't think we were like Steph and I joke we were being kidnapped, but we definitely weren't. I don't I think the guy was just going to drive us to Alexandria and we were going to pay him. Um, But we went back to the hostel and our car was sitting there and the guy spoke perfectly good English. And he said to us, I remember he was even like, oh, did did you not get the license plate from the hostel upstairs? Because I told him we jumped into a random car. I said, no, that was probably a good idea, though. So, guys, (laughs) don't don't do what Steph and I did and just jump into a random car, which could have turned out a lot worse. Thankfully, it didn't. Make sure you know whose car you're getting into. The Egyptian economy was such shit then. I think this man was honestly just like, oh, tourists got in my car and they want to go to Alexandria and they'll yeah. pay me. And I think this man was just going to take us to Alexandria. He was just but... trying to make a few bucks, I think. But, you know. I don't know if we would have got back. Like, he might have just left us there. Anyways, we live to tell the tale. Well, and I guess it goes back to trusting your instinct as well. If you feel like something oh. is off, no matter what you're doing while you're traveling, if you don't feel comfortable doing something, if you meet people and you have to just listen to your gut instinct. And I think as well, when you read about tips for being safe when you're going to certain countries, which you should do your research ahead of time. This this is what we're saying. Mm -hmm. You should be prepared. But you do sometimes read things where you're like, oh, that might be, you know, that's a bit much to do this or this or this. To be honest, if there's something that comes up that makes you feel comfortable regardless of what it is, and it's Mm going to make you feel safer in a country that you're you're traveling to, just do it. You know, I think one of the example stuff that we had talked about is the old like wearing a fake wedding ring on your finger Mm -hmm. for some countries where they say like oh you won't get as much attention from men and I don't know like does it work I don't know would I do it probably not but would I say that to someone if someone is traveling especially on their own and that's something that Mm -hmm. they want to do because it makes them feel safer by all means do it yeah yeah more power to you you know some people they don't want to stay in a mixed dorm hostel and we've talked about hostel stays before I'm perfectly comfortable with that but mm-hmm. some women wouldn't be. And if it's going to make them feel really unsafe and really uncomfortable, by all means, 
don't stay in a mixed dorm hostel. Stay in an all girls yeah. hostel. If you don't want to share a room, that's another. You could stay in a private room. And that's the thing. It's like everyone's comfort level. Because I used to be very like, oh my gosh, you should try it. You're being close minded or, oh, you're being silly. Like it's not that like you're being ridiculous. It's not that unsafe that you, you know, need to wear a fake wedding ring. But it's like, you know what? If doing that is what allows you to go and travel a new place, fucking do it. Definitely. So I feel like we've just really dipped our toes into the safety thing. And for us, because of so much of our experience was in our 20s and early 30s, we've talked a lot about safety where you're going, safety when you're drinking, safety when you're getting around. And I think there's obviously down the road going to be more parts to this. So I just think we should really wrap this up. And we ended it on trusting your gut instinct. And I think that's where it all starts too. go to the places that feel right to you. Always listen to your gut instinct. Always listen to your friend's gut instinct. Or even if you're a solo traveler and you find yourself out for the night with other solo travelers, trust their gut instinct. Yeah, definitely. Like anytime someone says something does not feel right, act on that. Definitely. Remember, safety never takes a holiday, guys. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Can you add in a little like right after that? No, because it wasn't a joke. This is serious business. (laughs) It was a mic drop. All right. Stay safe, guys. All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit I've Learned Abroad Pod and donations start as low as just one dollar also if you could follow us on twitter and instagram at shit abroad pod and facebook by searching all the shit i've learned abroad thanks so much for listening ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.